T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio, Sal Capaccio, Sal Capaccio, Sal Capaccio on WGR. Happy Tuesday. Uh, Jeremy is uh, is out. He will be back Thursday. Joe and I hanging out with you. Sal joining us in a moment. Your bills, questions, comments, opinions. Uh, at 8030550, always welcome. And Sal is brought to you by New York's only outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the best place to buy a case. What's your outlet? Ours is saying good morning to Mr. Sal Capaccio, who joins us on the Western Outline. Hello, Mr. Capaccio. How you doing? Good, guys. How are you? Good morning to you. I am doing well. Thank you very much. Uh, I want to get into some bill stuff, of course, and your State of the Bills articles, which has become you know a regular occurrence in the offseason. But you, I'm sure you had a chance yesterday to look at the stadium renderings. Any thoughts you want to share? Anything, observations that you'd like to share from uh, the pictures that you looked at? No, I just get excited every time I see it, just uh, knowing there's a new stadium coming and, you know, I want to get this thing to the finish line, you know, and uh, I know that there's still some stuff still to be uh, done on that. Ron Recuglia was on uh, just a couple of weeks ago on WGR, and I know he's spoken about it. Um, hopefully by the time we get to maybe the owners meetings at the end of next month, about a, about a month from today, really, uh, maybe we'll have some more resolution and clarity on exactly more timelines. We'll see. Uh, but I think the stadium itself, um, but obviously everything st- seems on track, but there's always those things you have to button up at the end. Sure. <clears throat> Excuse me, but the stadium itself. Yeah. Just excited, excited to see it. I think it looks really cool. Um, you know, when you take the pictures like that and you look at the inside and, you know, envision yourself kind of sitting in a seat, or standing on the sidelines or whatever, uh, that could be pretty cool. And then they look at the outside, and I think that it's going to be a really great place for uh, fans to gather. And when you see some of the renderings of how they want to kind of orchestrate the uh, people in the, where the Buffaloes will be and how people can kind of meet and gather year-round and be that kind of a place, and then obviously on Sundays for game day, I think it's going to be pretty cool and what really Bills fans' experience should be about. I feel like you're looking at the renderings, looking for what's the sideline set up, how much room do I have to roam end line to end line and walking behind the bench. You're looking well, at your gig. We, we've, well, I, I am. I, I think about it, but yeah. you know, we've talked about it. I know that. And, and I will say that not much is going to change in that regard, from right. what I understand, from this stadium to the new stadium. And I like that, that there is a certain amount – of space that every team and every stadium has to have between the 50-yard line and the first row of seats, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
The Bills have some of the are, are on the minimal side of that. In fact, maybe only a couple stadiums around the league have less room. I think one of them might be MetLife, actually, to be honest with you. Right. I, I don't know positively. I think that might be it. And there are stadiums where you say, oh, there's so much room to move back here. And I love that, you know, when I can go back and forth. But that's the experience of Highmark, which I love, which is the fans are right on top of you. I think as a home team, it helps, you know, to have the fans right there. And that's not changing much, the way that they're going to make this stadium. But you're right, Howard. I do look at that. The other things I look at is, you know, the tunnels in and out. And we've Mm -hmm. talked about that and where they're going to be. I look at that stuff when I look at these renderings as well because they are subject to change and there are always little tweaks going on. So those are definitely things that I take into account when I look at this. Sal, you've uh, begun your State of the Bills series of articles. Quarterback already posted. Running back is up. Let's let's get into quarterback because the nice thing is the last few years, you know, we haven't had to talk to you about the starter's job, but we have brought up the backup. So what is the backup situation right now and what might it um, I guess what might occur uh, with that particular position in the offseason? Well, Matt Barkley was a free agent when the season ended because he was on the practice squad. His contract ended. That's what happens with practice squad players. But he was one of the, I think, 12 guys who signed uh, future reserve contracts, meaning he's now back under contract. So the Bills have two quarterbacks under contract, Josh Allen and Matt Barkley. Josh Allen's six-year contract extension doesn't actually even kick in until this year. So he's 27. He's still an MVP caliber quarterback, obviously. He's finished third in the MVP voting. He's one of the best in the league. And he's under contract for six more years. They're set at QB1. Mm-hmm. You don't have to even think about that, obviously, unless there was an injury of some sort. It is the backup position that they're going to have to address again this offseason because they do have Barkley, but they're going to need another person to come in. Now, traditionally, since Josh Allen's rookie year, midway through his rookie year specifically, after they kind of moved on from Nathan Peterman, they have, they've had Derek Anderson, Matt Barkley, Mitch Trubisky, Case Keenum. There's a common thread there. And that is veterans. Mm-hmm. They like to have veterans backing up Josh Allen because, quite frankly, they're in this window to try and win a Super Bowl, and they don't, they're not going to be in the experiment business. They're not going to just have a rookie go out there. They did draft Jake Fromm. They did draft him, but he wasn't a guy that they really were going to use at any point. Um, they don't want anything to derail their season if something were to happen to Josh. They need a guy, and they want a guy who can go in there and win some games. Matt Barkley has not actually thrown an NFL pass in a regular season game in over two full seasons. His last pass he threw was the finale against Miami in a Buffalo uniform uh, at the end of 2020 and then he went on he played for three different teams in their organizations but he never actually get on the field including with the Bills they're going to need another guy Case Keenum is actually the the perfect kind of guy the question is is he the guy they still want back and does he have another opportunity to maybe go and have a path to maybe having a little more playing time somewhere and would he want to do that so you can get I I think you can get Case Keenum back if you want and that would just kind of hey let's just run it back again and that's fine or they could look around and get a guy like they've had, like a Sam Darnold, like a Jacoby Brissett, just somebody who's been in the league who has started, who's won games, because I don't see them saying, hey, let's go with a rookie here to back up Josh Allen. That just would not be the normal way that they've been operating in this contention window. The other guy, I, I, I don't know if I, I would have to reread your piece to see if you mentioned him, because I don't remember if you did. Um, Mitch Trubisky is a cup a cut he candidate is. in Pittsburgh because they'd save what like eight million. So I I don't know that he would want to to return here and that would be him signing the death certificate on him as a starter in the league, right? If he were to come back here, but he might end up there anyway and think, okay, I guess I am a backup from now on, and I might as well go where I've been and I know Josh. So I wonder where Trubisky heads going forward. It's a really good question, Joe. And a couple of things you said there, I want to touch on. 
Um, but let me say first, you know, the Giants with Brian Dayball, if you're thinking about maybe Trubisky going there, they have Ty- Tyrod Taylor as well as a backup. So if you're looking for familiar places, probably not where he would go there. But if he's looking for some place to maybe have a path to a starting job, it's not going to be in Buffalo. Because like you said, that would be putting the nail in your starting experience as a quarterback, at least for another year. That's the thing about the Bills, which is if there's any vet- veteran backup out there, they're going to have to make the decision to say, I know I'm coming there to back up Josh Allen. I'm not going any. I'm not going somewhere where I'm, I'm going to have a path to be a starter, compete for a starter. Trubisky was okay with that when he came here. Case Keenum, now obviously the Bills traded for him. It wasn't like he had a say in it necessarily, but all indications were, you know, he wasn't going to be able to start anyway, and they had Deshaun Watson coming back in Cleveland, and he was, you know, a guy that was okay with that. So we'll see what anybody feels about that. But that's why I say about this, I make the, I make the point at the end about of my article, guys, about a rookie. At some point, like at some point, the Bills will want to bring some youth on board. Now, they did with Jake Fromm, like I said, and that, but that was really more of, who knows why, you know, they had him in the background. He wasn't really even a part of the team necessarily. He was actually the um, what the, the COVID emergency QB that year. Yep. Um, but my point is, if you do draft a rookie, and people can say, well, they, they should start developing one. How do you do that? Because you're going to get him on a rookie contract, which is fine, and you can keep him for four years, but you're going to have to use a roster spot on him then. Because otherwise, you have to, if not, if you want him on the practice squad, you got to waive him, and then you could lose him anyway. I just don't think that's good, you know, asset management at this point. The only way I could see it is if there was a rookie they really liked and he fell to the, like mid rounds and they're like, hey, we got to take this guy. You know, we'll just deal with it and keep him on our roster because you never know. And you know, we think he can play in the league within the next couple of years. And if something happens to Josh, otherwise, I think it's kind of a wasted pick to mm-hmm. think that way because he's not going to be the main backup to Josh Allen. And if you want him to be the third stringer, you're going to have to wave him anyway to put him on the practice squad. Yeah. Um, I want to get to running backs in a second. That's the article you have up today. We'll get connected with our fans as well. Uh, Eric and Lackawanna, you're on with Sal here on WGR. Go right ahead. Eric? No Eric? Okay. All right, no Eric. Let's go to running backs. A little bit more of a discussion point than quarterback. Uh, At least with two of the three guys in the top three on the depth chart. We know James Cook is going to be here. Uh, so let's address Devin Singletary and Naheem Hines. So I'll start with Devin Singletary since he's about to hit unrestricted free agency. Yeah, it probably appears right now on the surface that Devin Singletary's time in Buffalo is most likely coming to an end. Now, it's possible that he could be back in Buffalo, and I'll go through that in a second. But, you know, he spent four years here. I just looked. Do you guys want – ooh, you guys, this is a good trivia. Do you guys want to guess where does Devin Singletary rank in all-time Buffalo Bills rushing yardage? Ooh, um – well, he's definitely behind OJ and Thurman. He's what we think, Howard. He's behind Fred for sure. Well, should I say for sure? Because Fred's sp- <clears throat> he can't be third. I'm gonna say like fifth. I'm gonna go seventh. He's tenth actually. He's ah, tenth oh, all wow. time. All right. But out of the ten, really? but out of the ten, he actually has I think the thir- out of those ten, he has the third highest yards per carry uh, in Bills history. And uh, by the way, eleventh in passing him this year. If you know, as long as you know, if uh, Devin's not there, will be Josh Allen. Josh Allen will be a top ten rushing Where player in Bill's history. Is he going to be? <laughs> what does he have to do? Wait, wait, what's the all time record? Funny. Is that is that doable for Allen? I want to know. Is no, gonna... Thurman's record. Yeah, oh, uh, no, he's not okay, going to okay. get there. But he's going to get um, in the I top to look, five. I have to look at the numbers. Yeah, I have to look at the numbers. But all right, he yeah, he'll probably That's be in the top five. I look at the numbers. My point is, I you know, Devin Singletary for four years had a nice 
He had a nice four-year career in Buffalo. He was always the lead back. Now, the first year, his rookie year, Frank Gore was here, and he didn't see more of the, the snaps until about midway through, but he still outsnapped him at the end. Um, and he, he was the lead back. And then, obviously, he was never the workhorse running back, but he was that guy. But now it's time where his contract is up, and if you want to keep him, you're going to have to pay him a little bit more. He was making two-something on the cap last year. He's a good enough player that someone's going to want to say, look, we can give this guy a, a pretty good load here, he, even, if it, even if it's like Buffalo. I just don't know if that workload is the same in Buffalo anymore because now they have James Cook, which brings us to him. James Cook last year had 89 carries. He averaged 5.7 yards per carry. 5.696 to be exact, because I had to go to a decimal point to figure this out. He would have if he had had 11 more carries. Now, granted, 11 more carries, he could also drop. There's no doubt. If he had 11 more carries, he would have been the top running back of all running backs, the NFL, and yards per carry in the league, which is insane to think about. Yeah. That's how nice of a year he had statistically. Khalil Herbert, by the way, also had 5.7, but he was it was rounded up, 5.66. That's why I say it. With James Cook, he would have finished as the number one running back. The top four were all quarterbacks, and Josh Allen was in that, by the way, um, as far as yards per carry. The question is, how much more of a workload can you give Devin Singletary? He's never done it. High school, college, I don't think his body is the type of body to be able to do it. And, quite frankly, that's not the Bills' philosophy. They're not going to have a guy be out there for 75% of the snaps and carry the ball or touch the ball 25 times. It's just not what they're going to do. So you could make an argument to bring Devin Singletary back and be a part of this and run it back again. I just think it would be too much for them to do it. Um, now, what would help the Bills here is there is a loaded free agent running back class. A lot of good players on the free agent market. Now, Saquon could be gone. He could wind up being tagged or they sign him to extension or anybody, Josh Jacobs. But, but there are names out there. So if those guys get all the money, you might be able to get Devin Singletary back for even close to what you've been paying him. Maybe three, three and a half, which is not much more uh, on the cap. Maybe that's what they want to do. Or they need to they want to sign somebody else, or they want to draft somebody, or they want to use an undrafted free agent. There are guys, you know, it's a run, the running back position is very replaceable. We know that. Then you have Naeem Hines. Mm -hmm. Does he become an option as number two? Well, I would say yes, except for one problem. He's scheduled to make four point eight million dollars on the salary cap next year. I don't know if that's a contract they can live with, guys. Um, his contract at that number to do what he did last year just doesn't work. He's going to have to be a main player in the backfield if that contract was even going to work and even then you could say i still can't live with that number i'm going to have to do something and if he's not willing to restructure or take a, a pay cut then you may just have to you just may have to release him and start over and look for someone else anyway wouldn't, wouldn't you think too i mean we're talking about singletary maybe not even be able to get a contract like that I, i'm guessing at what the player's motivation would be here but i don't know say so with all the running backs on the market i i feel like a, a, a contract restructure is probably the most likely outcome because if Hines says, I'm not taking any sort of pay cut, it's not like he's going to be able to go to the open market and fetch right. that. I agree with you. Yeah, for sure. So I'm looking at Mike Clay. Uh, Joe and I have talked about this. If anybody wants, uh, Mike Clay on Twitter has a really good cheat sheet for free agents. If you look at him, he kind of sorts them basically in a loose order of you know top guys starting. But you look at the names, Barkley, J Jacobs. David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, Tony Pollard, then Singletary, Kareem Hunt, Damian Harris, Alexander Madison, Rashad Penny, Jamal Williams. Like, there's yeah. some names on here, right? Raheem Mostert. You're right, Joe. You have to go pretty far down the list for you to say, you know what, Naheem, Naheem Hines is my guy. 
right now. He does have value as a return man. I think the Bills love that. They want that. That's that's a big reason they traded for him. <laughs> we've sorry, we've talked a lot about how it didn't work out after the trade deadline of how much they wanted to integrate him into the offense and for whatever reason that is. And Brandon Bean basically kind of said it was so condensed, so much was going on. They never really fully had an opportunity to be able to do that. So now we have a full offseason. Now he can do that. So you could say, look, he's our number two guy. I just don't know if that's a contract that you can pay him, especially considering here's the other part about it, guys. Joe, you say restructure. I agree with you. But, man, if they released him, that clears instantly $4.8 million from a salary cap that this team is pretty you know, tight mm-hmm. with as, as it is. Sal, I don't want to steal your thunder from the rest of the series, but do you think there is – is there one position more than anything else that stands out with the most questions this offseason for the Bills? If so, what? And then you can save the details for your article. Uh, yeah. Can I just say one more thing about running back just yeah. to put yeah. a bow on it? Taiwan Jones is also a free agent. He's going to be 35 years old. He's very important on special teams. He keeps coming back on one-year deals. At some point, they're going to move on from Taiwan Jones. It might not be for 10 more years. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. he could come back in another one-year deal. He could do that. They might want to do that. I'm not sure. Um, they value that. They value what you know he brings on special teams. So we'll see if that's the case, or they go out and get another guy like him, get younger there. They like to have veterans like Saran Neal and Tyler Medikevich and Taiwan Jones you know, on their core special teams groups. And then you have Reggie Gilliam. He is part of the running back group that I included in the article. Obviously, he's a fullback. He signed a two-year contract extension in training camp of last year. It's interesting. He actually played, I think it was, what, 16% of the offensive snaps last year. That's even counting missing a game. That's his highest of his career. And they've he's seen an uptick every year in how they want to use him on offense. So, no, that's a guy that will be back next year as well. As far as position uh, with the most questions, I, I think it's offensive line. And that's because of how maybe the team has even talked about getting better up front or blocking and some of the play that we've seen from people and how much, you know, I think a lot of fans, like that's if you ask them, now, sure, there's no doubt. Wide receiver, like getting a wide receiver is probably a priority. Like everybody agrees with that. I just don't think the, the, the position itself has so many more questions. It's you need another guy. You, you, they still have, but they still have Stephon Diggs, and they still have Gabe Davis, and they still have Khalil Shakir. They need another guy. I think the questions are at offensive line. What does that look like? What do, if I had said what's the starting five look like right now next year? I think that's a that's a big question because we yeah. don't know. You could you could try and say you could run it back, but then wait a minute. Then what are we doing here with all the things we've talked about with how we to get better there? Um, there's there's quite a few questions obviously in the secondary, but those are more kind of intrinsic and internal which are, will Tredavious White you know, kind of get back to form? Can Kyer Elam rebound a little bit? Will they move Christian Benford to safety? And then how do you treat you know, the Jordan Poyer situation? So there's questions there. But I think if you look at the overall board externally, internally, what it looks like, I think offensive line is that position. Sal, quick combine-related question before we let you go. So the combine's going on this week. Brandon Bean's going to speak to the media today. You and Joe are going to have that live on the Extra Point Show. Free agency is still a couple weeks away or so. At the Combine, though, isn't this one of those times where, you know, you kind of pe- people start talking to agents and m- long story short, is this where the Bills could get an idea of what Tremaine Edmonds might get on the open market and what they might have to pay to keep him, assuming they want to keep him? Yeah, I, I think they probably have a pretty good idea right now, actually, okay. yep. of that. I think now it's from the other side of things where maybe it becomes it becomes it does become clear, though, Howard, you're right. But I would say the player and the agent probably have 
a little more clarity after this weekend. Yeah. You know, they'll, the agents, they'll start talking a little bit. They'll understand the landscape a little bit more. Um, that's where those things will start happening. And then I think this is the time where those conversations between the player and the agent, you know, be, the, your own, like Tremaine and the Bills, you know, might start even happening a little bit more, a little bit more contact there. But for sure, that there's going to be some, some more clarity. I mean, guys, today's the last day of February. Free agency negotiating period starts in 14 days, starts two weeks from today. You know, so, I mean, th- th- these are things that they're going to start knowing and understanding and have a plan for, and it obviously starts this week for sure. All right, final thing. I'm having some fun today, Sal. And Oh, no. Yes, I am. And I'm asking fans, like, what's to this point, what's their favorite Buffalo sports moment? I'm going to answer this question for you because I know what yours is. It is being there for the unbelievably significant, iconic moment of Ilya Labushkin scoring an overtime shorthanded to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> right? That's got to be at the top that of your list. That was a really that that was a great moment for us, you know, and me and my son and my wife and being there with friends and being in Tampa and a ro- his first road game. Oh, that's a game cool to see. moment. Yeah. No. Well, you so it's you didn't. There. So it's you're not the number one though. The, well, come on, you you sat. Did you turn to Max before overtime and go, Max, book it. Labushkin shorthanded. This game's over. No, actually, I turned to him and said, uh, power play, and they always lose the lightning like this, so I'm not <laughs> holding my breath here, pal. Uh, and, then, and then that happened. It was pretty crazy. So, you know, I do think about the games that I've attended live more so than anything else sure. for something like this because I think you, then you're there, you're in the moment, you're with your fellow fans that you could celebrate with, you know, growing up. And for me, even if I wasn't there live, it might be this, but I was – it's 51 to 3. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I've said it many times. So I was a senior in high school, and me and a bunch of my high school friends went to the game. We sat very low in the upper deck, maybe the first couple rows of the upper deck. Had great seats, Raiders sideline. And the game was pretty much over pretty early. But at halftime, it was 41 to 3. <laughs> and we were, I mean, it was, I, I say this to people, and I think people who were there remember, it was a party the entire second half of the game. Like, it was just a party in the stadium. They were going to the Super Bowl for the first time ever. And you knew it. And you had a full two halves of football to soak it up, think about it, celebrate it. It was not edge of your seat, um, very tense, nothing like that. It was literally, we're going to the Super Bowl. Let's just keep this game going and, you know, have fun with it. And that's that, that would be the number one, you know, Buffalo sports moment for me. Now, I am... Getting old. I know you're retiring. I'm getting old. I'll be 50 in uh, another you know, month and a half, uh, less than that. And I've seen a lot now, and I think back because I saw your tweet this morning, and I think about all the awesome moments that I've had, even though we've had so many that I've seen, even though we've had so many of the, the, the down ones, you know, and even hockey. And I, I, I remember coming up for uh, the Sabres Stars Cup, one of the games. I was living in Florida, and a buddy of mine, we got tickets, and we came up, spent a lot of money, maybe the most I've ever spent in a sporting event at the time. I don't remember. Um, and we were here for the game, for the win, the, the game they won in Buffalo, which was great. That was a great moment to be a part of, just to be a part here of a, a Stanley Cup win inside this building here. So it's been cool. I would say 51 to 3, though, always would come to, come to mind first. Let me do this quickly because we've got to get to break. I, 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 I pulled up the box score. Yeah. Three and a half minutes in, it's 7 nothing. Raiders get a field mm-hmm. goal. Seven minutes in, Thurman's got a touch, 14 3. Tally pick six. Uh, 21-3 end of the first. Six minutes into the second, Kenneth Davis, 27-3. 11-42, K- 
Kenneth David gave us 34 to 3. And then, of course, right, you, like you said, Sal, Lofton before halftime, 41 to 3 at halftime. 21 to 3 at the end of the first, 41 to 3 at halftime. Uh, yes, that, I would say that's a very good answer. That's actually at the top of my list, too. That in the end of in, the draft. In yeah. the entire second half, 41 to 3. Fans were chanting. I remember three chants that came up from fans. They were chanting. Hold on one second. Sorry about that, guys. I can't. I, so I they don't were, know what they were chanting. Here. One chant wait. was they, make there we your go. plane sorry, sorry, I had to, I think it was. Right? <laughs> oh, no, I had. Sorry, I had to clear my throat. Going they were chanting. Tampa. Thank you, Bills. Ah, thank you, okay, Bills. Yeah. Then they were, nice. Then it was thank you, Ralph. Thank you, Ralph. Which yeah, yeah. it's pretty crazy to think about because just years before that, a couple years before that, yeah. it was oh my god, this owner's horrible. He's cheap and all that. That everything that came with Ralph Wilson right. until just you know they they get Jim Kelly and pay him and draft Thurman and get all these guys. And then the other one was Super Bowl, <laughs> Super Bowl throughout the whole stadium. Yeah. It was awesome, Good man. Times. Good times. All right, sir. Thank you. And uh, State of the Bills uh, running back up today at WGR550.com. And Sal will go position by position. So make sure. What do you want me to do next? I'm going to have you pick for your going away present, Howard. Stay uh, in the offense, though. It's got to be uh, I want, either I want what? Long snapper. <laughs> no, I would say offensive line. I'm, I'm with you, Sal. I think. That's a huge question mark. I think, I like. I'm confident you could write Dawkins and Morse on the starting lineup for next season. Mm-hmm. After that, I wouldn't tell you I'm 100 percent sure on anybody. Yeah, so all right. I, I just for you, Howard. I will work on offensive line today. All right, and I look forward to that Mets preview too that you're working on for me. Thank you, Sal. Right? Yeah, right. yeah. You, I'll get right on that for you. No, no doubt about it. Thank you, Sal. Sal joining yeah, us on the Western Hotline. I think he's lying. Uh, brought to you by New York's only. <laughs> Outlet liquor, when you need to stock up, it's the best place to buy a case. What's your outlet? Okay, Joe, when we get back, Sal inspired me. Uh Uh-huh. So how high could Josh Allen go on the Bills' list of all-time leading rushers? Career. We're going to have some fun with that. All right. I was going to do trivia, but there's some guys in front of Josh that you've never heard of. But what are the numbers like? Who are those guys in front of Josh? And how high could he go? When all is said and done with this Bills playing career. We'll do a little bit of uh, that when we get back. 803-0550 to join us. Don Granato coming up at 805 WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.